Why, hello again. It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had the opportunity to uh, hang out with Trey Lewis over Zoom video. Trey was born and raised in Birmingham, Alabama, and he talks about how he got into music. He didn't start playing guitar until he was 19 years old. There was a reason why that happened and, and what happened when he was 19. So uh, he'll, he'll tell you that part of the story. From there, he ended up writing a bunch of songs, learning cover songs, playing them around the Birmingham area, ended up taking some trips up to Nashville to start writing music. He eventually moved to Nashville to really pursue his career as an artist, playing different bars, still cover songs, but writing music as well. It wasn't until fairly recently he put out a song that went absolutely viral on TikTok, then it went viral elsewhere. It's blew up pretty much everywhere including on Billboard and uh, a bunch of other charts. The song's called Dick Down in Dallas. <laughs> Obviously didn't make the radio waves due to the title, but in the context of the song, but it is a huge, huge record for him. And it's just catapulted his career. We talk all about that. Even his most recent song, which is called Single Again. You can watch our interview with Trey Lewis on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're an Amazon shopper, a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks. It's super easy. Please head over to our website, bringingitbackwards.com, and click on Amazon each time you begin your purchases. Those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice that will help inspire their own musical journeys. To recap, please head over to bringingitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Trey Lewis. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so I, I saw that you are, you're in Nashville now, originally from Alabama though, correct? Yeah, I live in Nashville, and uh, I'm originally from Birmingham, Alabama. Um, I uh, I've been up here for about three years now. Oh, cool! What what a part in Nashville? I'm in the Nashville area, I should say. I live out in Hermitage. Oh, okay. We're you know south. Down. Uh, uh, yeah. It's isn't it like is it northeast or am I uh, thinking? Uh, let's see. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you, man. Okay, it's yeah, just, I'm not very, very hard. familiar. I know that I've heard yeah. of the area, so that was just curious. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm further south down by near near Franklin area. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's out by like uh, Percy Priest and all that stuff. So. Oh, okay, rad. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I'm like in between Percy Priest and um and Old Hickory, so it's like right. In that. Rad. Yeah, two things yeah. that still yeah. stood out to me is is one is was your Nashville, and two is that you're sober, and so am I. So I thought that was rad. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you so, uh do you go to do you go to the twelve step classes or? Um, you, I actually uh, started. Quit? Yeah, I quit. Well, it, it was a whole thing. So I, you know, yeah. I went through the whole, yeah, like the treatment shit, and then like you yeah. know, then did the classes. Then I actually stopped going to the classes for a, a while. I mean, I started yeah. going back again recently. So I like never did yeah. like the work, so to speak, which yeah. is kind of like 
Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. thing, thing yeah. I mean, uh, uh, well, but I got, yeah. yeah, I got sober when I was 19 and went to uh, sober living and lived there for six months. And, uh, you know, I got a sponsor and did the whole work the steps. And, um, you know, I mean, I went to meetings every day for like the first few years of my sobriety. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, I, you know, I turned it back to like, one, you know, uh, you know, three a week or something like that. But when I moved to Nashville, um, I went a pretty good bit, but then COVID happened. And then, yeah. um, so I'm just not the type of person that's really going to do as a meeting just cause I just think that's, I don't know. I'm just not really into it, you know, like, yeah. So I just didn't do, I mean, I maybe did a couple of zoom meetings, but, um, I don't know, I guess, I guess COVID like helped me realize that it's okay to not go, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, I still go, uh, periodically, you know, just when I feel like I need to, there's a group not far from my house. They have a meeting in the morning and I can just pop in there and just, it's real easy. Um, the, you know, the, I think the biggest thing for sobriety and, and that, you know, the 12 step fellowship is the being around like-minded people and, um, you know, that share a common bond, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just, uh, sometimes it's, uh, important for me to go back and, and be there. Uh, but the biggest thing that I learned from doing all that is giving back and, mm-hmm. uh, helping others. And that's like, I've found other ways to do that, you know, through my music and um, just through just being a good friend, you know, to mm-hmm. people or somebody needs somebody to talk to or, you know, whatever. So um, I like that. That's rad. Yeah. I started, I mean, I've went actually the past like four weeks, I just started going, there's a men's meeting by my house too. I was like, yeah, yeah. what the hell I'll go there and hang for yeah. an hour. And, and that's been, it actually went last night. It's pretty, it just, it, it makes you yeah. feel good, man. Yeah. You, you leave know? and you're like, Oh, that was, you know, I feel, I feel good. Yeah. Even if you, yeah. for anyone, even if they weren't uh, an alcoholic or whatever, like, it's just like kind of a, you know, therapeutic session. You're like, okay, yeah. all these people are talking about a bunch of crap. And then, you know, it's like all, going to church or something. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Do you sponsor guys at all? Just check. Um, I don't like I oh. used to. Um, oh, okay. I, I mean, honestly, I just don't have the time. Like, right. I mean, I feel, I feel like, um, if I know for me, my sponsors, you know, that I've had in the past, I still have my sponsor in Alabama. And when we talk, um, you know, some weeks we'll talk a lot and then we'll mm-hmm. go a while without talking. It just depends on really what's going on with me. Um, but, uh, I just feel like, you know, if I'm going to sponsor somebody like, and they're a newcomer, like a, you know, like an early on newcomer. Um, if I was them, I'd want to see my sponsor going to meetings and you know what I mean? And like doing all that. And, and and with my hectic schedule, I'm just not going to be around, you know what I mean? So, um, but you know, that's the thing is like, I have, you know, and I've prayed about it and I just had to get God to like, you know, give me other ways to give back other than, than just that kind of service, you know? Sure. And, uh, I, when I put out my song, a little tired a few months ago, uh, we made t-shirts and for that song, and when we sell them, we give, uh, I think it's like $15 of the shirt goes to this, um, um, this place called turning points down in Alabama. It's a treatment center for men. My sponsor actually works there. So, oh, that's um, awesome. you know, it's just like, it's just like cool things. Like, 
like that that we've been able to do for me to give back you know that's really um, awesome in a way. Really awesome. i didn't mean to turn this into an AA meeting but i was just curious oh, cool. you know? cool. yeah. <laughs> i just noticed it like yeah. the first couple things on your instagram i was like oh that's rad and then like when i did some more diving yeah. into your into yeah. your story i thought that was super cool um it's definitely part of who i am so i don't mind talking about it you know Cool. I, I, I feel I like I feel like AA is what gave me the ability to speak, if that makes sense. For sure. Yeah. It's you know? yeah. No, I it, I mean you're talking to people in a group setting. Yeah. You never know. I mean, it's so that in itself is kind of a, a, a thing, right? A lot of people yeah. like for me, that's like the hardest thing was like, okay, I don't really want to talk. Like I don't want all the eyes on me right now. And like yeah. there you you're kind of forced into it. Yeah, and it's just like the first time you ever share in a meeting, you know, you're scared right. shitless and it doesn't right. really make any sense. But so it's just practice and you're sharing about something that you're passionate about. So mm-hmm. um I just kind of took that and I applied that to um everything else in my life. Like mm-hmm. uh, and too, like I believe that that I'll say AA because that's where I went, but I, I believe that everything I went through in that prepared me for the rest of my life, music career, whatever, you know, when I first started going to meetings, I would, um, you know, kind of sit in the back and not talk to anybody, you know, and if I saw somebody coming my way, I'd pull up my phone and walk away, you know, like, sure. acting like I had something going on, even though there was nobody there. And that's like the, you know, but the more I showed up and the more that I did the work, I started to feel a part of, you know what I mean? Of Mm -hmm. what was going on there. And that was my, you know, attitude when I moved to Nashville, when I moved here, you know, I was 30 years old. Um, I just went through a divorce. Um, I was playing covers for four nights a week, uh, four hours straight just to make a living. And I wanted to move here to learn how to write songs better. Mm -hmm. And uh, a big part of doing that in Nashville is going out to, um, you know, bars and meeting people and, you know, et cetera. So there was many nights where um, I walked, you know, I, I, you know, walked into the bar and, you know, shook some dude's hand that I met for the fucking 10th time, you know what I mean? But he was too drunk, drunk to remember, or he just met so many people, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just kind of part of it. And, you know, I, I would try to have conversations with people and I would be talking to them and their response would be, you know, like, right, right. They were right. so drunk. I was just like, tonight's not my night. It's time for me to go home. But mm-hmm. you know what? I'll dust myself off and I'll try again tomorrow, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I'll just keep showing up and keep showing up. And then I just kept doing that. And then all of a sudden, you know, I had uh, friends and then, you know, I, it's just, it's pretty cool to me how, um, I got sober to not just, just to save my life, but I got so much more out of it. And it taught me so many life skills that, um, I just, uh, not that I was raised wrong. I just couldn't, you know, grasp that it took what it took right. you know, me going where I got, you know, to get where I'm at now. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, and like I was saying, like, you don't have to be like an addict or whatever yeah. to, to, to appreciate or even utilize the 12 steps that there are right i mean yeah it's definitely it's just like a moral it, like your own yeah inventory I, uh, kind of going through stuff yeah i got a, I got a therapist now so that's kind of like my newest my newest thing that i've been yeah. doing is uh i've been going to see a therapist every two weeks man and it's been great just um checking in because a lot of stuff has happened in the last you know year and a half two years mm-hmm. uh that's been just absolutely insane so mm-hmm. um 
it's been a good thing for me just to kind of go there and have somebody to talk to and just kind of work through all my stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's great. That's great. I'm glad you found somebody like that. And yeah. that's a hard thing to find in itself, right? I mean, yeah, to, yeah it's, yeah, that's a whole process, but um, real quick. So Birmingham, Alabama, that's where you were born and raised. Yeah. Did you, were you born like your, your parents musical at all? Like, did you come from a musical household or? Uh, my mom loves karaoke. She has a big oh, elaborate rad. karaoke machine. Um, my uncles play guitar, my uncle Fudd and uncle Bobby. And, uh, you know, as a kid, we would have, you know, we went to the beach every year. We have like get togethers and they would play guitar and, you know, drink beer. I'm like, you know, all that stuff. And then mom would sing karaoke. Um, my dad, my parents divorced when I was like three and then my mom got remarried and, um, you know, so I had a stepdad and, and, and a a biological dad. I went to my dad's house on the weekends and, um, you know, so my mom had her karaoke thing and my dad like really loved like, you know, the nineties country, like Clint black and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think music was always there. Um, but I never like, I don't know. I, I think as a child, like I wanted to be Garth Brooks, you know, cause mm-hmm. he was huge, you know, he did that big concert in New York, you know, and it was like on TV and that was like super cool. And, um, um and I always loved, you know, just country music. Um, but then, you know, as I got older, I feel like when I got into my drug addiction, that kind of stuff, and that was at an early age, that was at like 13, kind of all those kind of dreams kind of just kind of like went away. But when I got sober, you know, I picked up the guitar and I know know I'm rambling on. No, no, no. This is great. This is what it's about. I don't, no one cares um, what I have to say. Well, you know, when I got older, uh, and I got sober and I picked up the guitar, I, um, played that first chord and I was like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was just kind of from there on out. I just, I played music, but I mean, as a kid, I always loved music and, uh, but I didn't have like any like family members that were like, other than my, you know, my uncles like playing music and my mom doing karaoke, my, my grandmother, my dad's dad, I didn't know her well. She died when I was like seven, but she was really big into like theater and she was like, a. um, she sang and danced at, um, at the Alabama, Alabama theater, which is pretty historical building there in Alabama. And it's, it's, it's a special place. Uh, my dream is to play there one day. So, Oh yeah. Um, that was my next question. If you had a chance to perform there yet. Yeah. I haven't got to play there yet, but I have like my hometown. I sold out this place called Zydeco. It's like, uh, it's kind of a rundown bar and uh but like a lot of musical acts come through there i mean i saw chris stapleton play there for 138 people Whoa. Yeah, before before he was like really huge but i knew who he was you know right being a song being a songwriter and artist you know i mean that guy was on youtube way before he was ever you know on the cmas and mm-hmm. you know he was in a bunch of different bands but i saw him there i mean Dirk Bentley played there you know like there's been all kinds of people play there and you know, Zydeco was kind of like a home for us musicians, but a lot of the time we would play there, you know, it was a ticketed event and we wouldn't sell enough tickets. So we would have to play downstairs on the pub stage, you know, for 10 people. Uh, oh, there was know, the uh, like a, get, if you didn't yeah, sell, certain, like a, you couldn't level up to like, your, yeah, there was like a bar downstairs. Like and, uh, yeah. And then uh, in December, you know, after the song came out, we booked a show there and we sold it out 
you know, his ass to elbows in there. So <laughs> it was really cool. And then we played at um, this place called Avondale Brewery, which I'd played there like years before. And there was, wasn't a lot of people there. I think I, I played there for free for like a benefit, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, then there was like 800 people there on a summer night to see me play. We, we d- recorded it with video and everything. Man, it was awesome. And then um, just this last December, we played at this place called Iron City. I opened for David Nell there. I opened for uh, John Party, Chris Jansen there. Wow. Uh, I played. They had like a restaurant. on. The, they have a restaurant on the other side of the venue. I uh, played with um, – I played in there one night and then Kane Brown played in there the next night before he was like on the radio, but it's like a, it's like a 1200, it's like a 1200 cap room, you know? And Mm -hmm. that was like six years ago. Um, and, uh, I don't know, man, it's just, you know, a lot of, a lot of full circle moments in uh, the last year, you know, and, and, uh, but to play my play at iron city, man, that was, that was awesome. That is so cool. That is so cool. Well, getting sober and you said 19, 19 19 yeah. so did you is that when you started playing guitar i mean you said after you got sober so, so yeah oh wow so i went to um sober living and i was there for six months and then i got a job making smoothies and um at at six months sober i made had i made amends to my dad me and my dad kind of have a strained relationship through my drug addiction mm-hmm. and then i moved in with my dad i hadn't lived with my dad since i was like three years old Oh, and, uh, me and him got like really, really close. And, uh, but anyways, um, uh, one day I was like, I'm going to take my paycheck and go buy a guitar. And I told my grandfather about it. He was like, I'll pay for half that way. You, you know, you'll still have some money to kind of get around. And, uh, I bought a guitar and, and, uh, he bought one. I mean, he, you know, he helped me pay for half of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I just, I started playing music from there on out, but, um, I had a, guy ended up started sponsoring people in the program you know and i had a guy he was in a band and uh he wanted to bring me up here to nashville to kind of like be a sober companion or like his friend you know it was just uh um i came up here to nashville with that guy and his producer was like hey man play me something on guitar and i just played him like this song that i wrote but he really liked my voice Mm -hmm. he was like man i want to record some songs with you and and, uh, you know, that just kind of started the whole thing, you know, like me driving back and forth to Nashville, I would record songs and then drive back. And then I just kind of knew, you know, I ended up going back. I dropped out of high school and all this stuff. I ended up going back and get my GD and I was taking some college classes and stuff like that. But I just knew that I wanted to do music. And um, the guy that owned the studio, his name's Wes Shaw. He invited me to come up to Nashville and live on his couch for a little while. And we like recorded an album. And, and then uh, around the time I had met this girl. And uh, so I moved back to Birmingham and um, which I have a song called back to Birmingham. That's an old song. But anyways, uh, I moved back to Birmingham and like I got married and um, just started playing gigs, started playing shows around, you know, Birmingham, like, I played this restaurant probably, I don't know, it's probably the size of this room, maybe two of these rooms, you know, mm-hmm. was small, but I played there every Friday and Saturday night for like three years. And then I wanted to venture out and I, I started playing Mexican restaurants. And then from there I started playing, uh, I started a band and started playing little pubs and stuff and started playing um, uh, frat parties and, you know, like weddings and, you know, all that kind of thing and just started making a living. And then, 
you know, I, after I finished my record, I was like, okay, you know, and then when I could afford it, I would, you know, put more music out and stuff like that. Um, and then, uh, I went through, man, I just had like a, had like a, when I was like 26, my dad died and, uh, I was like seven years sober. And then like, right after that, I had just like a strain of like terrible events happen. Like my grandmother passed away, my stepdad that helped raise me passed away. And, um, it was just like a lot of trauma back to back to back. And then I went through my divorce and, um, and I was just like, I don't know. I was, I was making a living playing music, you know? So I had figured that out how to do that. Um, but something was still missing, you know? And I was like, I, I think Nashville is the move. Like I'm going to move to Nashville and I'm going to learn how to write songs better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, and I'll never forget. I was driving in my van one day and i was just like i was just like god if all you want me to do is just write songs and play cover songs for a living that's cool but like wouldn't it be cool for me just to have like a little bit of success you know and uh you know and then all the right (laughs) and then you know a few months later all the dick down in dallas stuff happened you know oh wow wow yeah so were you playing it uh, like down in in downtown nashville like broadway and everything i wasn't doing broadway i was doing oh. what me and my friend me and my buddy call uh broadway on the road we were playing like i mean basically doing broadway stuff but just out on the road we were still you know just traveling from city to city and like i did a lot of the you know ten, if you ever heard of tin roof there's like there's tin roofs all over the southeast and everywhere mm-hmm. we would go play uh columbia south carolina raleigh myrtle beach you know, do like a four day run of that drive mm-hmm. back. Um, we would go to Statesboro, Georgia, you know, like Tuscaloosa, Auburn, all that stuff, you know, and hit those college markets because like Broadway's cool and all, but mm-hmm. if you can get into some of these college markets, you can get frat parties and you can get weddings, you know what I mean? And then, you know, you play a couple of private shows a month and you're really making money. You know? Yeah, from what I, um, I've I've talked to a handful of artists, mainly actually in the EDM world. Like you're the first country artist that I've heard cut through the the frat, you know, scene. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I'm. I've heard a lot of people kind of coming up that way, where like if you land a frat party, like I mean, that's how yeah. many so many people there, right? Yeah, you're getting exactly right away. Yeah, so I just I think um, that's rather you're able to do that as well. Yeah, man, I think it's um. I think like the first person I ever saw do the frat party thing was John Langston, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, I actually uh, opened a frat party for John Langston, like back in the day. Wow. And I know that I knew that like Riley was doing it and I know Muscadon did it some too, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, when I first met Charlie from Muscadon bloodline, he was playing, you know, they were playing the some of the same gigs I was, you know what I mean? Wow. Like they were, uh-huh. they were still playing covers. Like, I know when they first moved to town, they were still, you know, doing like they were doing runs of cover shows, you know, and mixing in their originals, you know, before they ever got like their their booking deal or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like I don't, you know, I don't want to say we're cut from the same cloth, but I, I feel like, you know, like I kind of like in a sense kind of was like trying to mirror what they did because they mm-hmm. were, you know, like we all came from the same area. So I was just trying to like follow, follow kind of like that route, you know what I mean? Of like, 
Right. Okay. How do how do they I make how do I make so yeah, yeah like, like how do I make a living doing this? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And how do I keep my dream alive? You know, mm-hmm. that type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. So um I just did that and then I decided to, you know, when when I lived up here, I was traveling and then I was, you know, just co-writing with people. But uh, I'll never forget. It was uh, this is like the story of Dick Down in Dallas. You cool with yeah. going there? Cool. No, that's um, where I want to go. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> so that's eventually where this would um, land. I, I was imagining. Yeah, I went to um, I went to uh, I played in Auburn. We used to play at Sky Bar once a month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of playing covers, it becomes like muscle memory. You know what I mean? And one night I was in there like singing Big Green Tractor by Jason Aldean. I changed the words to take you for a ride on my big tally whacker. And this guy and this guy came up to me after, you know, like we went on set break. He was like, dude, that was hilarious. Like, you know, and we, mm-hmm. and we shook hands or whatever. Didn't think nothing of it. So I moved to Nashville and I'm at a writer's round called um, called Revival. It's at Tin Roof on Demombrian Street. And, um, I'm sitting there and, uh, this guy walks up to me and he's like, dude, I met you at Sky Bar and Auburn. You were changing the words to, uh, big green tractor to big dally whacker. That was hilarious, <laughs> dude. I'm Matt McKinney. And I was like, dude, I'm Trey Lewis. And me and Matt became friends that day for it. I mean, we were hanging out playing Madden, you know, shooting shit, whatever. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we wrote some songs together, we, but we more we were more friends more than anything. And then uh, McKinney, Matt McKinney is like that one guy that like brings different friend groups together. You know, it's mm-hmm. like the one, the common bond, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that's kind of like how it all kind of like started for me of like having like an actual, actual from going from co-writing to actual having like, you know, like a friend family thing here in Nashville. And um I don't know. Um, before COVID hit, like it was going to be my best year. Like we had a lot of good shows. Like we had this residency that we do down at the beach at Flounders in Pensacola. We do like, Oh wow. It's like, yeah. We do like four, we used to do like four weeks, um, four nights a week it paid really good. They gave me two free hotels. We'd bring our families down there. It was going to be, it was going to be a good year for me financially, you know? Sure. And then the world, so then the world shuts down and I'm like, fuck, you know, look at all this money we've lost. And, uh, but it, you know, we got um, unemployment. I got a grant from music cares, like mm-hmm. everything, you know, God provided. But, um, I, uh, well, I started to hang out with all my songwriting friends, you know, where usually it was just like, show up, write the song. All right. I got to get down the road, you know? Well, mm-hmm. I started like really in, you know, investing in these people and spending time with them. And one day we were like, we went to Chili's or something, but me and my uh, roommate, his name's, he's not my roommate anymore, but we're still friends. He actually works for me now. Oh, cool. Um, uh, but his name's Mitch Wallace and uh, he has his own like social media company. Um, but me, him and uh, McKinney went to Chili's and we were like driving back. And uh, McKinney played this song that I'd heard before. It was called Dick Down in Dallas. And, you know, I thought it was funny. And I just said, you know what, man? Like, I know you're not going to put this song out. I think it's hilarious. Uh, Nobody's, you know, I've been putting out music since 2012. And nobody really cared. I was like, I'll do it, you know. And then so it became like this bonfire jam, you know, that we're like all hanging out with friends and stuff. And 
And uh, Matt Burrill has a podcast called In the Round Podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, hey, dude, I want you to, and he has a round at Live Oak. And he was like, I want you to come to Live Oak. And I want you to, um, he was like, I want you to uh, play your songs, but I want you to play Dick Down in Dallas at the end. So I show up to the round, play my songs. Then I play Dick Down in Dallas. The entire bar is singing it. And Nikki T from Raised Rowdy put a video of it on, uh, and which I've known, the, you know, Nick over at Raised Rowdy forever because he's mm -hmm. like familiar with my music. And um, anyways, he takes a video of it, puts it on Facebook. And from there, like, the guy that does my social media content, his name's Trey Bonner. He put it on, um, he put it on, uh, Caller Daddy's Facebook group. And then from there, Matt McKinney got it put on Old Row. So oh. then I just started, yeah. So then I just started posting videos on TikTok and, um, uh, make a long story short, um, uh, we were trying to figure out how we were going to record the song. Like if we were going to do like more of like a Corey Smith kind of like put the popo, like acoustic type thing, or mm -hmm. just like full production. I'm sitting in bed. I was dating this girl at the time and uh, I was at her house and I get this text from Grady Saxman, which he's, uh, he's a drummer in town. He, he owns Saxman studios and uh, that's where I record all my music and a lot of other artists do too. Mm -hmm. And I get a text from Grady and it says dig down in Dallas. And I was like, I called my producer Maxwell and I was like, well, Alex looks like we're recording a song over at Grady's. And, uh, so we went over there and it was just me, uh, Alex, my Alex Maxwell, my producer Grady played drums and then saw, uh, Littlefield, uh, played, he played the guitar. He played, uh, the bass and, um, an acoustic and we just tracked it and it was done. But while we were in the studio, Trey Bonner, uh, took some video for me and made some content for like social media. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget. I was driving down to, uh, Huntsville uh, to play at this Huntsville, Alabama. I was, it's like an hour and a half from here. Mm -hmm. Uh, this place called Jefferson street pub. It's a four hour acoustic solo show pays 250 bucks, you know, like on a good night, you can walk out there with as much as $500 with tips, you know, it's, Whoa. it's, a, it's a, it's a cool night, you know, for mm -hmm. yourself, you know, that's good money Yeah, for anybody. And, uh, um, <laughs> sure. I mean, 500 but, uh, bucks for four hours. Yeah, I'll say. yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, I posted this video, uh, before the gig that Bonner had made for me on TikTok, And when I got done playing, I had 3 million views. Oh then, wow! Yeah, so that's like when it really went fucking viral. You know what I mean? That's like, crazy. Yeah, like Three before that, four hours. Yeah. So. Oh my god! It was crazy, man. And then just from there, like we had the song pre-ordered, and you know the song came out, and it it went number it like it like debuted at number one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it stayed at number one for like two or three weeks. You know. And even still, like you can go to the iTunes charts on a weekend and you can, uh, you know, you can, it'll still be on the iTunes charts. You know what I mean? Whoa. Like yeah. Pop back up there. I got this. Uh, I don't know if you can see it, but it's a, yeah. The billboard award, uh, the billboard plaque. You That's know, so for, cool. Uh, billboard number one. Um, but no, man, I mean, it's been cool. It's been, you know, we played 120 shows last year because of that song and, and, wow. uh, you know, I mean, I did a show with Morgan. I did Morgan Wallen's first show back. And, you know, there's nothing like 
30,000 people screaming every single word to Dick Down in Dallas, you know. <laughs> We played a we played a show up in Wisconsin, and there was this little girl on her dad's shoulders singing every word, you know. Oh my um, gosh! You know, I haven't really received any kind of like hate, you know, uh, or anything like that from the song. So I think it's just you know it's a good time and song. Mm-hmm. Um, we put out you know we put out a lot of music this year. We put out an EP and a single. Mm-hmm. Um, la- I mean last year, last year, right? and then and then um, I don't know, man. It was towards probably like near ending december like you know the thing for me is i've always played music year round because when you're playing covers for a living you know you might take christmas off whatever and then you know Mm -hmm. then you're right back at it you know Mm -hmm. well as being an artist you know like there's there's like a december everything kind of shuts down up here you know it's like so like there's a space and i was like calling my manager like dude what am what are we gonna do like am i gonna have to go back playing covers like we got this Omnicron thing going on and then uh, I'm kind of freaking out just like a little bit. And uh, I'll never forget a few weeks ago, I was like, I left my therapist's office. I was talking to her about it. I was kind of freaking out. I looked down at my phone and I get an email from my manager and he's like, maybe you'll call me back after reading this. And it was about the Kid Rock tour. So Wow. That's yeah, an insane so. tour. I mean, Foreigner, you have John Bonham on it yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if John Bonham still plays with Foreigner. I saw Foreigner years ago. I mean, I guess it was, yeah. I mean, it was long ago, maybe 2010, yeah. like at least 10 years ago. And he was the drummer for Foreigner at the time. Yeah. So, it's so like, I don't know if he still does that, but yeah, I don't know. Um, Kid Rock, man. I mean, that's so yeah, awesome. It's, it's uh, 37 dates or 39 dates that we have on the books. I don't think all of them are announced yet, but it's a, uh, wow. it's a lot of dates and, uh, I'm going to be coming out, uh, you know, during his set, singing wow. the song, going to sing another song. And then I think me and him are going to do a song together. Maybe that's kind of the gist of the information that I have right now. Um, wow. And apparently yesterday it was on um, it was on the news on uh, it was on Fox News on. I don't, I don't know who the guy is. Uh, apparently he's like real popular on Fox. It's the most watched show on Fox News, but. Okay. They shared the poster with my name on it, um, you know, That's and everything. Huge. So, like, it's huge. We're getting calls right and left about shows and, and you know, in between the Kid Rock tour, you know, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, um, and, oh, yeah. And then not to mention, so that happened. And then uh, a week there, that following Friday, I had another song go number one, uh, single again. Oh, that so, went number one, too. That's the most yeah, recent one. So, that just came yeah, out that right? was, this it year? Was, yeah. Yeah, it went. Yeah, it came out on uh, January fourteenth. It went all wow. genre number one, and uh, and country number one. So that is um, so awesome, man! Congratulations. Yeah, yeah last uh, last August, I signed a publishing deal with Sony uh, uh, Publishing, and uh, mm-hmm. man, we're just gearing up, dude. I've been writing songs like crazy. I've been writing, you know, three four days a week, and then touring on the weekends, and just working my ass off. Um, and uh, I'm excited, man. We're just we're gonna put out songs every six weeks this year, and mm-hmm. um, just I'm I'm going to the studio next week. I'm going to record nine more songs. So wow, um, I'm thinking probably like by next year I'll probably like I'll keep putting out singles because I think that's the way that people listen to music now. Um, I, I but I'll put totally out like agree. yeah, I'll put out singles and then maybe just drop like five songs 
you know, by surprise and then like an EP or something. Then then go back to putting out songs. Cause I just have so many songs. I've written so many songs. I've got some outside songs that I'm cutting too. So I just think at this point it's volume. I, you know, I, I I rented a a studio apartment downtown. I've got, I'm starting my own podcast. It's called DM Monday. Oh, right. Yeah. We just recorded, uh, we just recorded uh, our first uh, episode the other day and, and Matt Burrill and Trey Bonner, uh, Matt Burrill, the guy that ran the round that had me up to sing it down in Dallas. He's now my tour manager. And then uh, Trey Bonner, he's been with me ever forever doing video and audio. But man, that's awesome. We got like three cameras in there. We got the couches. We got. I mean, it's really cool. The team set it up really nice. Mm-hmm. But man, it's really, it's really uh, cool. I'm really excited. It's just, it's just funny to think two years ago, you know, I barely had anything going on, you know. Yeah. It's like now I have, you know, now I have like over 30 employees that work for me, you know, and like, uh, you know, um, you know, we're out here, we're just doing it, man. And, mm-hmm. it's, and it's, uh, you know, if I write a song and I like it, I don't wait. I just go record it. You know, that's cool. I mean? Yeah. It's and just, I think uh, you're right with the single game too. I mean, unless you're Adele, you can put a record yeah. out, right? But- Adele or Morgan Wallen or you know, Chris Stapleton or, you know, I mean, I mean, personally, yeah. I mean, personally, I like listening to albums. That's my thing. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Same here. But, but, you know, it's 2022. People have those short attention spans. That's why TikTok works because it's like a mm -hmm. 15 second video. That's all you get, you know, Mm -hmm. you got to grab their attention in three seconds too. Cause if it's not, they're exactly done. Swiped up. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious, uh, just cause I, come from i did radio for a long time like 15 years and yeah um did your does is dick down into alice on did that make radio play on country stations no oh, and that's why I, okay. and that's why i never that's why i never signed a record deal with that song um, okay you know we we got offers from labels um mm-hmm. we got really good offers uh i mean well i don't know if they were good but lots of money is all i'm sure sure, sure um and I just, I just knew that, you know, the deal is, man, it's like, I'm 34. I didn't want to sign uh, a rec- to a record deal and become another Wheeler Walker. You know, I love Wheeler's music. Don't get me wrong, but like, mm-hmm. that's not the kind of artist I am. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Get kept but, yourself like, yeah, to have your, make your own decisions and be a little bit more. Yeah. Than that, yeah. Right? And I, 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 I would love to have songs on the radio. You know, I mean, I just wrote this song the other day. That's it's, it's an anthem. I put it on TikTok. It it did pretty well, but it's an anthem, but it has no cuss words in it, you know? And uh, I was proud of myself, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you know, and it's just like, you know, after Dick Down in Dallas, you know, I mean, people on the internet are mean, you know? And it's like, Mm. I mean, people have more positive things to say than they do negative, but sometimes you can see those negative things and just point them out, you know what I mean? Mm. And hold on Mm. to them, especially with me being alcoholic, you know? Right. Yeah. You're going to, there's a million positive things and you're going to dwell on the one negative comment. Exactly. (laughs) uh, I mean, I just think that, I think that's human nature too. You Mm. know, I don't think it's just alcoholics, but uh, a lot of the things that people said is that I was a one hit wonder and I just knew that I wasn't, you know, Mm -hmm. And uh, now I got two number ones, you know, at least on iTunes, not radio, but, but you know, still. who knows? Radio might not even be a thing anymore. You know, you worked in radio for a year. Now you're doing no. a podcast. So, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I was thinking, I've got a, I, I have a five-year-old and I'm like, is he even going to know what the hell a radio is? Or yeah. obviously he's not going to care. Yeah. I mean, the, the 
Gen Zers coming up through like that are like sharing your yeah. song and liking it on TikTok aren't they're not getting yeah, in man, their car was, uh, and putting on like some radio station in town. Yeah. Yeah. But um, now, you know, yeah. But yeah, but I mean, now it's like, you know, I got two number ones and nobody can ever take that away from me. That happened, you know, exactly. did it go? What did it go? Number one, like did down in Dallas did. No, I don't think that'll ever happen. Again. That was crazy. You know what right. I mean? Um, but it got you know, eyes on you and obviously yeah. your other songs resonate with people or they wouldn't get streamed. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and people come keep coming out to shows, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, you know, that's my thing is like when I play shows, you know, that are my shows, <clears throat> and I'll do this on the Kid Rock tours, you know, as much as I can when I go. Is is that I just think, man, if you're gonna buy a ticket to my show, if you're gonna share my music, if you're gonna, you know, support me in any kind of way, I can shake your hand at least, you know, or mm-hmm. take a picture with you. So every night, I don't, you know, I don't do. Uh, you know, I don't make people pay for meet and greets or anything like that. I just, after the show, I go out to the merch table. And if you want to stand in line, we can shake hands and, you know, I can take a picture with you and get to know you. And I, I mean, I think my thing is, is I'll do that as long as I can. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just kind of, that's just the kind of dude I am. You know what I mean? That's so cool. I just don't think I'm like, I'm not like, I love making music. I love to create. I love making people feel something that you can't get from anywhere else. You know what I mean? I think that's what music does. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm just a vessel for that. I'm not that cool. You know what I mean? I'm not that important. You know what I mean? I'm just normal, just like anybody else. But if, if it makes somebody feel, if I have the power to make somebody feel different or brighten their day, you know, just by shaking their hand or taking the picture, like, that's me giving back. I'm just going to do it. You know, that's, that's so the way cool. I look at it. That is so yeah. cool. I only asked about the radio just because I, like I said, I was on the radio. So how would, not only is, is you'd have to ha- like bleep out half the, the, the song, but I was oh, like, yeah. you couldn't even announce it. You're like, all right, we got, did, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. We did. I, did do with a, I, blank I mean, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to say that I didn't like flirt with the idea of, you know, that song going to radio. We did a clean version. It's like she's gone back down to Dallas, oh. ran off to Raleigh. She's two timing up in Tennessee, been all around Austin, back up to Boston, made her way around. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, praying she'll give me. Praying she'll come back. I ain't. Uh, I ain't even gotta ask because I already know that she's gone back down to Dallas, back down, back down to Dallas. But anyways, uh, we put out single again. Uh, recently and you know my next song that you know that just came out and matt burrill my tour manager uh he used to work in radio too so um we just been calling radio stations as an independent and we've got it on like 10 10 radio stations now wow congratulations that's huge so and it's and it's cool it's like in all the you know it's all the markets that we're, we have shows coming up in so mm-hmm. like it helps promote shows so mm-hmm. it's pretty cool and like you know, I'm, I, you know, I've got like four phoners I got to do on Monday, but it's like, you know, if that helps me build relationship with radio for like, you know, maybe later on down the road when something happens, you know, and it's just like good practice to go do those things, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. But for sure. That's pretty cool. Be on man. Some morning, morning zoo shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's cool, man. Uh, I, they I played, so they right. played my, uh, EP title track, shut the door in my hometown. That was pretty cool. At my hometown radio station. Cause I that used to do huge. all the, I used to do the radio shows. I would be the opener for the radio acts coming through town in my hometown. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I don't know. It's just one of those full circle moments, you know, that they were playing my, you know, song. That's so cool. Uh, did you have a chance yeah. to, have you heard it when you're down there at all on the radio? Oh yeah. Yeah. We got oh, a video wow. of it and everything. Yeah. That's cool. cool. That is yeah. really cool. Yeah, and uh, cool. like, I mean, the Kid Rock tour, yeah, a lot going on, man. And obviously, all these yeah. new songs coming out—that's awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be great, man. It's gonna oh, be, cool. it's gonna be a, gonna be a fun year, man. But couldn't do it without the fans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, well, man. I appreciate your time. This has been awesome. Yeah, man. man. Thank you. I so appreciate much. you, dude. Yeah, I actually have uh, two two questions now, but I have one quick right. question about your podcast. Um, what what's the premise of it? <coughs> so it's gonna be just uh, so DM Monday is a, a little bit that I do on my uh, on my Instagram page. When Dick Down Dallas went crazy, we mm-hmm. would get uh, insane DMs from men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would read them on my Instagram and <laughs> share share a ridiculous response. And so that's why it's called DM Monday. Okay. Um, but uh, it'll just be uh, another avenue for my fans to get to know me and the people in my circle. And, um, you know, and then uh, I'm going to bring people on that I would like to have conversations with of how, um, like, you know, s- say if I have an artist, you know, on, um, I want to talk to them about their life before mm-hmm. they were, you know, famous, like, Mm-hmm. You know, did they play cover gigs like I did? Did they, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. touch on, touch on all that stuff. And, um, or, you know, not just music people, but just, you know, creators in general, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll, you know, we'll have like a 30, 40 minute interview, but the rest will be us just, you know, talking about stuff that happens on the road or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that we got going on. So it's going to be a good time, man. It's going to so- be fun. I, it's going to be another learning experience for me, but, um, I believe that content is king and um, uh-huh. um, it's just another way for us to generate content, you know, mm-hmm. to, for, for the people to have. Do you know when you're going to post that or did you already post the first episode? So we did our first episode and I watched it back and I didn't really like it. I think, I think we need to, I think that we just need to use that as a practice and go back trial and run. Yeah. Cool. Trial run. Yeah. Rad. Yeah. And my, I guess my yeah. next question or last question is if you have any advice for aspiring artists, Aspiring artists, um, uh, for songwriters and, and artists, just do it every day, even if you suck at it. Just um, keep doing it because um, you know repetition is 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 uh, important. You know, I sucked forever. Some days, you know, I still feel like I suck. And you know, like Monday and Tuesday, I wrote a great, I wrote great songs. Yesterday, I didn't get one. And I just felt like I sucked. You know, and. Uh, it seems like every other day we're thinking about quitting, you know, and uh, people that get that get that. And, um, but just uh, keep doing it until you can't, you know, until, until something happens. That's uh, <coughs> my advice. And don't ever do it to be rich or to be famous or to make money. That's my biggest thing. You know, mm-hmm. I, um, I did this for a long time. and was broke as fuck for a very long time. Um, and I finally got to a point to where I said, if this is all I ever do, I'm okay with it. And, uh, you know, you're going to miss if you want to play music for a living, you know, all your friends are going to get married, uh, you know, and have, you know, when you go home for Christmas, they're going to be talking about the 401ks and and all that stuff that it ain't your turn yet, you know, 
and uh you know that's you just got to keep going and then uh i mean it's worked out for me so um i'm that's that's kind of like my thing is you know i went home for years and my brother was you know both my brothers are lawyers and you know um you know my other brother works for a construction company and he does really well for himself and for years i was like man can i get some money for the plane ticket or like mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. i was broke i mean i don't mean i don't mean i don't mean i was like i was broke i mean i was broke af you know mm-hmm. i was still asking my mom for some money every now and then you know if she mm-hmm. could help me out um and now you know it's like i'm able to help my family out that's and, great um and uh but there was a price that had to be paid and and i had to i had to suffer for a long time and i, I feel like i just threw shit at the wall forever and then finally something stuck so um that's my advice man is, is this stuff ain't easy but if you love it do it with all you have and it'll all work out <laughs>